Welcome everyone to the Asian Voices Radio Podcast, where you'll find real Asian American conversations, including all those topics you are too afraid to ask your Asian parents. I'm your host, Melissa May, and in honor of the podcast's season two finale, we thought it was only fitting to bring on two very special guests. One is a 14-year-old fashion designer who uses her gift of design to help others. She has been named People's Hero by E People's Choice Award and named 21 Under 21 by Pop Sugar Unstoppable Young Women, Manifesting a Brighter Future, and Voices of Change from 17. She has spoken at numerous rallies, conferences, news segments, as well as TV specials to raise awareness and create a petition to include AAPI history in the school curriculum. And our other amazing special guest is her mom. This amazing woman is a full-time architect and momager. Besides designing tall buildings all over the world, she designs furniture, posters, invitations, and just about anything that is design-related. Please help me welcome fashion designer Ashlyn So and her momager, Angela Wu. Good morning. Hi, beauties. How are you? Hello. <laughs> that was so flattering. I don't think it's us. <laughs> oh, I, I wanted to include so much more, but we've only got so much time. So let's jump right in. Angela, I'll start with you. What was Ashlyn like growing up before she decided to become an official amazing fashion designer? Were there any other hobbies that she liked to do besides sewing? Well, I think that she's always been very creative um, and she always have a very particular mind. Um, I remember that back when she was two in a stroller, you know, I would bring her go shopping and I don't know what I was thinking, but I would pick out two pieces that I couldn't decide what they are. And I would raise it up in front of her and say, well, okay, is it left hand or right hand? And she would put her little finger and she would point to the one that I always thought is like slightly, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is better. And it's like an experiment. <laughs> it became an experiment I tried over and over again and it always works. So, you know, that's when I realized there's something of a spark in her. There's something different. And um, like all other little girls too, she um, has a mind of her own what she wants to wear. So she's always very, very particular about that. <laughs> Did you know from a young age, Angela, when she started kind of putting her outfits together, I believe she was 18 months when she was like, you know what, I'm going to do this myself. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I I think that it was at some point I just thought, okay, I am a control freak (laughs) because after all, I am an architect. (laughs) And and so I just give her like (laughs) pre-approved. you know, um, clothes in her drawers in her little closet and she just picks them out. And pretty soon it's just, just like, okay, you just pick out your own. Here, here it is. We, we go shopping and I just stop picking out things for her. It's not worth the struggle. <laughs> what a gift. Cause you know, you just, that's one less thing to worry about. So Ashlyn, yeah. jumping to you, this is kind of a loaded question, but we'll, we'll, we'll break it in pieces. When, where, and how did you first start getting interested in sewing? And have you always been interested in fashion? And lastly, who or what inspired you? Um, so I first started sewing um, when I was around six. Oh and gosh. But I actually like learned <laughs> the concept of sewing when I was in Montessori preschool, where we would sew like stuffed animals and um, little Christmas ornaments. And I just loved like 
I love that idea. So I wanted to continue that. And so when I was six, I decided I wanted to get back into that. And I asked my mom if I could go to a sewing class. And when she said yes, and I went to my first class. I just fell in love with fashion and designing and just being able to be creative in this kind of space. Um, and I, yeah, I, I mean, I have always pretty much been interested in fashion. Like, I think, I mean, I don't remember it, but I just like knew that I like kind of like my own outfits and like, <laughs> um, and a lot of, yeah, like my mom definitely inspires me like every day, you know, she does like so much for me and for my brother. <laughs> and yeah, I just like think, um, like the people around me were the people that helped like shape who, um, I'm like becoming, yeah. That's right, Ashlyn. You're still growing. Was there or is there a particular designer that you really um, get inspiration from or try to take some of their ideas? Or do you even get some um, inspiration from some of the buildings and things your mom has designed? Yeah, like I do get a lot of inspiration from like the buildings my mom designs and like just like pictures she shows me of like like the shapes or like the patterns. Um, but also like fashion designers that inspire me are like Philip Lim and because he's like, you know, both a fashion designer and an activist and he's like done, you know, work for our community, but he's also like a fashion designer. And I feel like that's kind of the space I want to be into. Oh, Ashlyn, you are creating your own space in yourself, Ashlyn. So that's, it's pretty amazing. Jumping back to Angela, during the pandemic, when hate crimes and incidents against Asian Americans specifically started to rise, what was your and your family's initial reaction? And were there any measures that you took to keep your family safe? It sounds like you also have a, a boy as well. So how'd you keep everyone safe? Well, I think that we were fortunate enough that all of our jobs, my mine and my husband's, that we were able to work immediately remote. And being in California, everyone was, you know, already half super high speed Wi-Fi and, and all that. So the transition was okay. And school went into online um, almost right away. It was, you know, a little rough at, at the transition, but it was okay. Um, we did a lot of online shopping and things like that. And when we go out, um, if we do, right, and to the outside, um, it's, you know, it's wearing masks and such. And But we also do um, kind of, you know, watch what's happening on the news and on social media. Um, and we kind of started talking about and seeing um, how there's a shortage in masks. And it was just very difficult for anyone to, to get masks. And, and being in kind of um, where we were, we were used to wearing masks from the times when we had the really bad fires that were happening. Um, so we kind of had some, but then it was like, oh, that's not the right mask. And, you know, so all that was just kind of difficult. And we started to try to stay indoors as much as we can. Um, but as a family, we also think positively and thought, oh, what are the chances and how many times can we actually be always together, like 24 seven? So, you know, in a way it, kind of um we a thought, blessing and a curse wow you know our kids are only gonna grow up right <laughs> like, like this kind of it's kind of nice i don't know how they feel they're like oh my gosh my parents are on me all the time <laughs> uh, well jumping to you ashlyn 
since the COVID-19 pandemic started, you've made over a thousand masks for frontline workers. You were only 12 at the time. And were you always so considerate and giving? Was this kind of an outlet for you during the pandemic to do something good while stuck in the house? Um, yeah. So when I like first saw like, you know, the shortage of masks and how they were like taking like homemade masks, I was like, oh, well, you know, this is perfect because I would love like to help out because, you know, they're putting their lives at risk and I can use like, you know, the skills that I have to be able to help, you know, the doctors and the, the, all the frontline workers. So I, yeah, so I just like decided I, you know, maybe I should start, you know, making these masks. And we found like a little like pattern online from like this hospital. Um, and um, I feel like this is like the first time I had ever done like something so big to like help so many people. And I was just like really happy that I could because um, I feel like I've always wanted to like do something in, for like my community and like help out my community. But I didn't know like how or like what I could do with like the skills that I have. So I think, you know, that was like the first time I was able to, you know, realize that, oh, I can apply, you know, the skills I already have into helping other people. Yeah, I think she's trying to be very modest, if I may jump in (laughs) and do the I'm a proud mom part. Absolutely. So she's always had a very kind heart. And um, I think that she always wanted to help. And a lot of times, actually, we've run into issues where they said, oh, you're not 12 yet. 12 is the minimum age to volunteer for anything. So um, so, uh, other than kind of like some of these like fundraising and and the anti-bullying fashion show that she did when she was about eight or nine. Um, She also actually um, fundraised um, for a live auction uh, for a local um, community, like a local nonprofit who helps people with clothing, um, medical care, finding jobs, you know, finding housing for them. Um, called Samaritan House. So um, they had a huge fundraising gala. Um, Ashlyn donated her um, services to do a custom dress for um, a lucky winner. (laughs) And so she was able to raise um, a lot of money for them. So, you know, it was just things like that, that um, she does that she really wants to do. And I think for the masks, she was able at her age, she was able to have a direct impact. I think the direct impact, like the fact that she can see who she's helping um, kind of also helps because there's a lot of, it it started with us um, seeing on um, Facebook and next door of people wanting masks. Um, So then we would deliver it to their house um, to then as like, then, then there are just more and more people who just reached out directly to us and say, Hey, can you, you know, we have nurses and doctors who needs masks. Can you, can you give us some? And yeah, it's just kind of snowball from there. And I'm sure Ashton with your skill set, that these weren't just basic white masks. Can you talk a little bit about, I know you got the design from um, a website, but what kind of patterns did you add your little, your own flair to it? Cause I've seen your fashion designs and they've got a lot of flair. Yeah, so um, for, like, the masks, I would, you know, sometimes add, like, a little patch on the side, and it was just something, like, a little fun um, to kind of brighten, like, you know, someone's day. And we also had, like, fun patterns and, like, you know, just kind of, like, sometimes there's, like, a burger patch or, like, 
yeah, it was just something really cute like that. And I just like kind of wanted to like, bright, yeah, brighten someone's day, you know. I'm sure just, you know, they're looking in their mirror, changing their scrubs, and they see that little burger patch. I mean, that would make me smile. I don't know. But I'm sure that made <laughs> that made a big difference for people. Then, And knowing that someone at such a young age cared is, is huge. I hope you never lose that, Ashlyn. I'm so glad you've found it at such a young age. <laughs> I know. Um, in addition to being... Ashlyn's mom, Angela, and working full-time. You're also her spokesperson and manager. Were there any barriers or challenges that you've had to face, if any? And do you also manage her website and social media platforms? And how do you balance that, you know, manage all that with your family and work all together? <laughs> Great question. I think when you become a mom... It's a lot of questions. <laughs> you kind of... Um, learn the art of multitasking and you just started making time. I think, um, I don't know, like people ask me that question and I can't answer it because um, sometimes when you have a lot of things to do, you just become more efficient. Um, so maybe it's just um, the fact that um, some of the things that she's doing, I think is so important um, and that it doesn't matter that I'll make time. Um, uh, and I think every parent would actually be that way, whether it's helping their kid's career or volunteering in their kid's school, which I used to do also when she was in elementary school. So just kind of using, you know, skill sets that we have and, and just help out the school, especially in the arts um, arena where it's lacking, right? A lot of public schools um, need help with that. So um, yeah, I think, it's just I am fully on board with her message and what she tries to do. And I'm just coming from a point where I would do everything that I can to help her get to where she wants to be and what she wants to do. I'm her door opener. She gets sick of me saying that, but I'm her door opener. Oh, <laughs> she tells me like the door to open. I try to find the door and then I open. <laughs> and I feel like, I feel like Angela, you're not one to just open the door. You'll knock that thing down and, and make it a permanent door. In the best way possible. That is the door that she wants. Yes. <laughs> now, Ashlyn, let's be honest with our listeners. Growing up, you know, as a 14 year old is, is, is difficult. It's challenging. And especially now that we're back in person in school and you have created a name for yourself and you're, you know, you've been in fashion shows and all that. Has it been difficult, um, you know, adjusting to that lifestyle, balancing your social life, school, and your passion? And have you faced any adversity from fellow peers? You know, sometimes when you meet certain, you know, people have mentioned, oh, my teachers gave me a hard time, you know, fellow students gave me a hard time. Has that happened to you? And how, um, how have you worked through that if you've had to deal with stuff like that? Um, yeah, like, definitely, that's, like, a very, like, common problem, and, like, I think not just, like, not just, like, just, not just, like, me, but, like, literally, like, I feel like every kid of color in, like, like, a school will, like, experience kind of this kind of, like, yeah, issue, um, but, you know, with, like, my work and balancing it, I feel like, yeah, there's, like, definitely, it's kind of hard to, like, you know, like go out with my friends and then also I have like so much work to do at home and like like I'm just thinking about that and then she's like <laughs> so it's like I don't know it's just like yeah it's like really hard to like kind of balance it and like 
I feel like sometimes, like, I can't be, like, an actual, like, kid kind of, you know. But I feel like, you know, when I get older, this will, like, be able to, I'll, like, have a really, yeah, like, a good, you know, like, life center <laughs> kind of thing. Um, but, you know, back to, like, your other question about, like, at school, yeah, yeah there's, like, definitely a lot of, like, peers who will, you know, talk about other people's race and, like, kind of, yeah, like, they'll just, you know, be, like, a kid. And I feel like there's, like, not much, like, I don't know. There's, like, I don't know what, you know, I could do about it, you know. And, like, sometimes I do, like, tell my teachers and stuff. But, like, it's kind of, like, hard to, like, kind of, like, go past it, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, it definitely does. I feel like a lot of, um, you know, BIPOC children, they go through what, you know, getting bullied and stuff like that. Is Has, you know, have you taken any steps personally, whether it's talking with your family or, you know, with, with a uh, someone at school that you trust and, and kind of worked through some of that? And maybe you could give some advice to, you know, younger listeners that are listening on, you know, what, what you did and maybe what they can do to, you know, be supported in school because it's important. Yeah. Um, I def- like, I've definitely talked to my mom about it. And, um, like, I do have, like, this one teacher that I really trust, and he's, like, our ethnics teacher. And I feel like he's pretty understanding. Um, but I feel like as, like, a kid, like, I don't know, as a kid, I wouldn't want it to go into, like, a big deal kind of thing. And I feel like, a lot of other people feel that way too, but I feel like if I could change something, I would probably make it into a deal. Like I would probably, you know, tell a teacher or like about it or like someone of authority because um, like, I feel like, I, I mean, obviously I didn't do it, but like, it's like a mistake that I made that I would feel like other people should, you know, change. Like, I feel like it's like, if we don't, tell anyone then you know nothing is gonna happen which is true because like I feel like that's happening right now you know and um and definitely I think just like telling someone at the school who you trust and like it could be like a counselor too um and it could just be like you work through it personally and you don't want to tell anyone but you could also you know work through it like public or like like, yeah, publicly and, like, kind of tell someone with authority and, like, kind of, like, report it because, you know, maybe this is, like, something that you don't want to happen to other kids, you know. So it's, like, kind of, like, your kind of path that you want to choose because I feel like both ways it's just, you know, um, in the end it's just about you and, like, um, what you feel like and, um, like, how you're going to go through it, you know, mentally too. Absolutely. There's, unfortunately, there's no manual, I feel like, on how, how to go through stuff. Yeah. So I'm glad, Ashlyn, that you've you found your own way and, and you're comfortable in your space. But you call yourself an accidental activist. Tell us when and how this happened for you. Um, so I, yeah, so I call myself an accidental activist because I, like, you know, when I first started my rally, I, like, had no idea it was just going to be, like, this big, and I didn't realize I was just going to be, like, involved in, like, such a huge movement, but I thought it was just going to be, you know, something small, something, like, raise awareness in my community, but it turned into something big, and I, so that's why I kind of call myself, like, an accidental activist. 
Yeah. Oh, that's an amazing accidental thing to do, Ashlyn. Angela, for you, any words of wisdom again or advice that you'd like to give, especially to parents whose children are listening right now in terms of dealing with bullying, you know, and because of, you know, the way a child looks or just managing, you know, a child's career or, you know, if a child has this passion of jumping into activism, any words of advice? Well, I, I would take the easiest question first, which is advice <laughs> for your children. I think it's really let your children lead. Um, I think that let them tell you what their passion is. Um, if they don't have a passion yet, help them find one. And it's a process. It's a journey. Um, and we're all learning while we're doing this. No one knows the answer. I know zero about sewing when she first started. I don't even know how to use a sewing machine. You know, I was like, what's a bobbin? <laughs> I know absolutely nothing. Wow. <laughs> but, but YouTube and internet is your friend. <laughs> you can always learn from all of that stuff. <laughs> um, so, you know, just just follow follow your, your children's need, uh, lead. And that would be kind of what I, I think. And everything is a journey we learn from our mistakes. You know, anything from kind of all the bullying accident uh, incidents. Um, and we are all kind of in a live and learn moment, um, experimenting, like what works, what doesn't work. Um, and again, I would also take the let your child lead where you want to go. Like there are parts of me that when she tells me what happened to her, that I would all go like mama bear. And then I thought, wait, if I do mama bear now, I would make myself feel better. But what happened to her when she needs to kind of protect herself, right? I'm not giving her the tools that she needs to work through it. I can't do mama bear all the time. She's 14. I need to like step back <laughs> there. I know I still make mistakes sometimes. <laughs> so everything is a journey. It's okay. I think, I hope your children knows that they love you <laughs> no matter what. And you do it from the fact that you want to protect them and that you love them. So um, I would say it's a live and learn moment and um, let them lead you on, on the next step and you can give them options, guide them. But I think um, just follow their lead. It's pretty amazing. I, I don't have any children, but I feel like kids are a lot smarter than they come off. They, they know a lot more about life than they, they, they play the card, their cards right, I feel like. Yeah, because they don't, you know, they're not affected by all the noise, right? There's so much noise from where we are. They come from a place of purity and they come from um, kind of very single-minded um, great idea, right? Like, it's like, well, it's supposed to be this way. So, you know, why aren't we doing it that way? And they kind of help you. They're like a little light. They're like, oh yeah, why am I letting all, everything else and all the nuance kind of preventing me from doing certain things? So she actually got me braver also. And I learned a lot from Ashlyn. So <laughs> We we teach each other things that we just never knew we had. I don't know what a bobbit is, is either. So, <laughs> Angela, I'm in the same boat. I think it's remarkable. I wonder where she got Ash, Ashlyn. You got the jeans for sewing from. But now, some people might be thinking, "Oh, she's she's a fashion designer." But like, you're a legit fashion designer. This isn't just you know, oh, I I make clothes and I wear them myself. You've been shown your collections have been shown in five fashion shows, right? The first one was in Texas for an anti-bullying fundraiser. And then most recently in Paris, 
combining fashion with activism. How exciting and inspiring, girlfriend. How inspiring. So tell us about this experience and starting with your first fashion show in Texas. Um, yeah, so when I did my first show in Texas, it was for an anti-bullying campaign. And I was around eight. Eight then, yeah, and it was my first collection, so it was definitely super stressful. <laughs> and like I, like looking back, like it was like definitely made by an eight year old, <laughs> but but um, still better than anything I could do. So, <laughs> but, um, yeah, but it was just like a, I think it was like a really good experience because it kind of like made me you know, get the experience and it made, like it paved the way for me to, you know, go to New York and go to Paris. Um, but yes. So like my most recent, uh, my most recent Paris one, it was, you know, inspired by um, Bruce Lee's quote, be like water. And it's kind of about being, you know, being able to not stereotype other people and how people are just people. And it's, you know, we got to celebrate our differences because we're all, you know, multi-layered and multifaceted people. And so, you know, the, yeah, so the collection was inspired by, you know, water. And so all the designs were kind of like liquidy. And I like experienced with a lot of um, like new fabrics that I usually don't use and I haven't used before. So it was, yeah, a really, yeah, it was an amazing show. And I'm like still shocked that it happened because <laughs> I like feel like it didn't happen, but I mean, it did. So it just kind of feels like a dream. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing experience. And um, Ashlyn, hopefully people go to your website to see it in person. But I, I was looking over, looking at it, and it looks like you had such diversity in your models. They just weren't all one um, ethnicity and one size and one shape. And where did you find your models? And was where was your inspiration to use very diverse a diverse canvas for your for your clothing? Um, well, a lot of my models were actually friends and activists of mine. Um, so they <laughs> they also have been very involved in like the Black Lives Matter community and the, yeah, the South Asian hate community. And, you know, they're all very, they're all like really nice and were kind of like, it kind of just created like a new like friendship um, with all of us. And, you know, I, I reached out to them actually to model for the first time um, last, the oh, last York, yeah. yeah last year in New York and so I was you know that was that collection was also like kind of combining fashion and activism so I thought you know it's meaningful to kind of have you know the models also as activists and I'm sure in some way shape or form you've inspired <clears throat> young models that may not fit the stereotypical model type runway model and yet here are young girls of all different shapes and sizes walking down a runway with beautiful fashions on them designed by you wow I hope I can go to one of your fashion shows some days because it's more than just it seems like you know clothing walking down a runway it's got a whole other purpose and meaning and substance to it Ashlyn oh my goodness to those that are listening <laughs> to you right now Ashlyn what kind of message would you like to relay especially to the youth that's hopefully listening 
who aren't maybe getting the support with what they want to do, maybe with their passions or hobbies or are searching for their own passions in their life? Um, well, I think my advice is, you know, you can start small, you know, it doesn't have to be like a huge thing, you know, um, like I started with a little stuffed animal, you know, and I think everyone, you can start with just such a small little thing and it can become big, you know, if you just keep, you know, building it up. And I think definitely like social media is a big part of that, you know, being able to share your work and, you know, share what you have to bring and, you know, put it out in the world. Um, you know, it can, you know, just start as small as, you know, making, you know, music on like, yeah, on like YouTube or like, you know, singing in the streets is just, you know, where you can start with, you know, this and it can become, you know, so big and, um, you know, like big artists kind of like started that way too. And, um, yeah, it's definitely just by, you know, um, you know, finding your passion. It can be, you know, in places you don't even think of. Like, it could be something you enjoy and you do every day, but you didn't, like, think it could be a huge, like, hobby or, like, a big passion of yours. But um, I definitely think, you know, with the skills that you have, you can, you know, find your passion and, you know, yeah. Um, jumping back, this could both of you could probably answer this, but you were talking about social media and, um, you know, platforms like that. Ashlyn and Angela, there's a lot of trolling and things that are sent via social media. I think it's, you know, that screen of protection that people feel like they can say anything they want to. Angela, as a mom, how do you manage that um, in terms of keeping Ashlyn away from some of the not so great things on social media. And then Ashlyn, how do you manage, you know, if you do receive something that is not so positive, um, what are the steps you take to kind of deal with that? Um, okay. So like for me, I don't read like a lot of the stuff and I'm not, yeah. Like I'm, I have like my own like separate, like private accounts that are just with my friends and stuff. And, um, I would have like the bigger accounts, like, you know, managed by my mom. Cause I think it's like, it also like goes to your head, you know, and I don't really want that to happen, you know, especially cause I'm starting at a young age and I want to be like aware and, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, on the, that, that's where I go mama bear, um, sure. on all the comments and such, I kick them out, block them, you know, whatever that's Good. needed. Um, and then for the ones that are important, those are the ones that she responds and she I show it to her and, and she kind of does it all herself. Um, the genuine ones <laughs> and all like the other ones. Like getting on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of um, filtering, <laughs> let's say. And, and I think um, maybe for now, like uh, social media seems to understand what I filter out and like, um, and and she is a kid so um, there are a lot of times where you know you just have to be very straightforward about it and and just like just either not have her look at it for the ones that we can't control usually I don't let her look at it and it's like no nope, I don't think you want to see this <laughs> it's sad because you know 99.9 percent .9 of the things those people say aren't true. And it's just like, where did you, where, where do you get the time to do something so not nice? But 
With that said, um, unfortunately, we're almost out of time today, but I want to thank our guests, Ashlyn and Angela, for sharing both of their amazing careers and journeys with us. Both of them, I feel like, are just beginning, um, and I hope both of their stories will serve as an inspiration to all those listening right now. Now, ladies, do you have any social media or websites that we can follow you or learn more about what you do? Yeah, so um, where I'm really active is on my Instagram. So it's Ashlyn, A-S-H-L-Y-N, and then so, S-O underscore. And that's my Instagram. And then for my website, it's where you can kind of look at more of my work and like kind of, yeah, be able to reach out. So that's just um, same thing, Ashlyn, so, and then dot com. And Mama, Angela? We got to oh, promote um, you too, Mama. Uh, I think that's where that's where I won't have time for myself. I've <laughs> been asked for many. <laughs> I think she has. She and I has like emerged as one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are a dynamic, strong female duo. So, if you ever have time to do it, Angela, I'm sure people would love to see your work. It sounds like you can pretty much design anything, from buildings <laughs> to invitations and everything in between. Once again, a huge thank you to our guests, Ashlyn and Angela, for joining us today. Now, if you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, we'd love to hear from you. Also, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, as well as follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Asian Voices Radio is produced by Asian Culture and Media Alliance, a nonprofit that empowers our AAPI community with a voice through media arts. If you'd like to support our program and make a donation, please visit AsianVoicesRadio.com. Thanks again for listening. I'm your host, Melissa May, and I'll see you next season on Asian Voices Radio. Until then, take care, everyone.